So, hello and welcome to this week's instalment of Nucleus Investment Insights. And today we're going to be looking at all things ethical. So we've entitled this one, Ethical Investment Essentials. I've got my cup of chamomile tea here, and I'm joined by our uh, Nucleus Wealth and MB Funds Head of Investments, Damien Classen. G'day, Damien. Hi, Tim. And let's jump into it. So um, we thought we'd kick off with an agenda. So we're actually going to start with just a, a quick update uh, on uh, some of the things that have happened uh, locally and uh, in the in the ethical world uh, before diving into the, the main body of today, which we'll be looking at defining ethics in investment, uh, looking at what uh, ethic, investing ethically uh, does mean to uh, potentially to a portfolio or the performance of a portfolio. We'll then be looking at the various options that people have for getting their ethics into their investments and uh, also their, their pitfalls. And then finally, having a look at the way that we approach uh, ethical investment uh, here at the MB Fund and at Nucleus Wealth. So uh, with no further ado, let's jump into it. Uh, an update, Damien. Yeah, look, just uh, we, we thought it was well worth going through ethical again. We sort of run this about once a year, we sort of have a bit of a look through the, our, our ethical side. And, and there's been a few uh, announcements out uh, recently that were the sort of uh, prompted us to to have a re-look at this. So and a bit of a win, I guess, for uh, for activists uh, on the on the Woolworth side, so Woolworth announces it's uh, divesting its gaming operations and and sort of going to focus uh, and, and partly due to to community concerns over over those gaming. So you know, I think there's there's obviously a feel in in ethical investing. You always have to wonder um, whether you're doing anything in, in, as you, as you're doing the investment. Mm. And, and I'll I'll make the argument a little bit later that I think uh, buying stocks for for ethical reasons. Um, does doesn't create a lot of value, but but I think selling, but but not buying stocks or not owning stocks in sectors for ethical reasons, I think that does have a have an effect. I'll go into more detail later about about why I think there's a big difference between um, whether you're chasing the latest, say, solar power stock versus um, to, trying to make money from that, or versus uh, not buying a stock that's that's involved in something ethically that, that that's a bit that you don't agree with. Yeah, sure. Just just a quick one there. So um, mentioning before Woolworths. So yep. to a lot of listeners, perhaps they didn't know that Woolworths did have a reasonably or quite a sizable yeah. uh, input into the gaming. So what what what, what was the background behind that? Uh, um, part, part of the hotels, ah, the, right. the hotel, Australian Hotels Group, and so they um, yeah, and they bought into that and, and had the, the gaming exposure. So it's not as as a proportion of Woolworths total. Um, revenue, revenue. It wasn't massive, but yep. it was it was significant enough to to um, to warrant, say, for us to to take it out for people who did, who didn't want gaming. Um, that was one of the stocks we would exclude from from portfolios for those for those people. And so, by hotels, it was like um, pokey pokey venues. Yep. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yes. Uh, the other, the other one uh, earlier on this year, uh, possibly even late late last year, was uh, Unilever and some animal testing. Uh, so basically. Um, there's we, we run a few different screens within ours. One for people who for one for companies that are screening, one for companies that are um, testing on animals mm-hmm. uh, for uh, for medical purposes, mm-hmm. and then uh, another one for people that are testing on ad- animals for for any purposes. Okay, and so uh, generally speaking, that's that's cosmetic companies most most likely, and they're the ones um, you know most people tend to people who are worried about this tend to knock it out. And uh, Unilever was one of those companies that that was testing on animals for some of its cosmetics and and shampoos and and things like that. And now yep. it's it's uh, come out and and decided not to. And and the groups uh, like uh, we use Peter often the, the, their lists of of uh, 
acceptable products and, and Unilever is now Unilever products are now being removed from that list and so okay. it's another one where you know we were excluding it from people's portfolios who were um, who, who had an aversion to animal testing yep. and now the company's come good and now it's, it's gone back into back into portfolios all right yeah fantastic. So, yeah so the idea there is that you know two two quite uh, prominent examples of, of where ethical pressure from people um, you know has made it has made a difference to, to what companies are doing okay sure thing and our last one there on the updates on the, the updates yeah just we've, we've put in a, a so we, we cover the uh, the world 1600 the miss it's called the MSCI world um, and which is sort of the, the largest stocks in the world uh, and there's uh, one a stock that's popped in there recently was a cannabis stock and so you know we, we run a number of ethical screens and we allow people to knock out stocks they don't want, and so we've added that. Um, you know, that people don't have to buy cannabis stocks. We don't actually own it mm-hmm. at the moment, but you know, if people who don't want to buy cannabis stocks can can knock them out of our portfolio. Um, with the you know with the irony, I guess that we've we've discussed on several occasions that um, you know often people who who are seeking green investments uh, seeking green elsewhere <laughs> exactly so, <laughs> might also be seeking for. Uh, Oh look, I think yeah, it's, it's like anything though. For those that have gotten uh, you know an aversion to, to something, then uh, it should be in there. So, exactly, uh, and that's that's a lot of the theme you get from from as I talk through ethical is is for us. It's all about individual choices. It's about it's not about saying it's very hard to find a fund out there and say oh, I'm going to I'm going to invest in an ethical fund. It's very hard to say well here's one that exactly lines up on every attribute of my you know what what I think are ethical investments or not. Hundred um, percent. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's obviously a lot easier if you can customize it to yourself. All right, sure so, thing. So um, we'll dive into some uh, some definitions here. So we've got, uh, and for those that are listening in, I'll uh, I'll pop up the the slides as I normally do in a link in the show notes in the podcast. Um, a run through. So we've got uh, what, what's been turned, I guess, in the industry, and, and sort of knocking around with a few people who uh, who do a lot of this sort of ethical investment sort of specialty. They they typically. Um, class uh, investors at least perhaps um, without them knowing is a range of light green to dark green I guess and so we've got an arrow here showing uh, sustainable investing sort of being at the top top end of uh, you know the, or the start the starting point of uh, the, the lightest green the lighter green that's right moving through to socially responsible investing um, before then finishing at the, the dark rim uh, dark green end I should say of a uh, full ethical investing um, did we have some uh, some notes just to talk about those those broad categories yeah so so there's there's a couple of different ways you can cut ethical investing. So this this one's sort of talking about about how um, sustainable generally people the investments being chosen on on how well companies managing environment, social, and, and corporate governance factors are uh, not as much about what the company actually does. Mm-hmm. So so it tends to be more of a relative um, investment. So you might find that uh, you've invested in an environmental fund and you and you look in there there in Woodside Petroleum mm. uh, and you sort of like just a minute. You know here's an, here's an oil company. Um, what am I doing owning an oil, you know, and we've got this global warming is one of the, the biggest issues. And they say, well, yeah, but it's actually primarily a gas company and gas is better for the environment than oil and particularly a lot better than, than the, the uh, heavy oil that you get from, so, say, the Canadian tar sands. Tar sands, yep. And so, um, and so we'll, we'll buy that company because in its universe, it's actually better than, than its competitors. And so for some people, that's, that's fine. They're happy to say, well, I just want to tilt a little bit. For a lot of people, though, then go, well, just a minute. No, no, I'm, if I'm against global warming, I don't want just a little bit of global warming. I prefer to... to rub, rub it completely out. Yep. Yeah, let's go, let's, go, <laughs> let's go for stocks that are, that are actually going to help. Sure. So um, then you can get um, socially socially responsible where you start to screen out companies um, if, they're, if they're involved in these excluded activities um, and you sort of try and make an assessment as to, to the positive impacts versus the negative impacts. And then finally you have the ethical side where you're basically just saying, well, look, if it does this... 
uh, I'm not investing in it. So it, it, the socially responsible investing, you might the, the sort of middle ground, you might try and make an assessment and say, well, um, this company is, uh, for example, one of the one of the um, uh, companies we own is Neste, which is a uh, an oil refiner, but they're, they're very big into renewable um, and trying to come up with solutions for a renewable site. Mm-hmm. And so some people might then say, okay, well, actually, um, they're proactive. They're proactively yeah. trying to change that industry. Yep. Um, I'll actually invest in that one. Okay. But the reality is they're still, they still have some oil and they're mm. still producing, um, you know, uh, sort of biodiesels and, and, and various things like that. So at an ethical side, you, you might just say, well, no, I just don't want any of that. Mm, okay. So you've sort of ranged from your sustainable investing, which is, uh, yeah, it's a wood side. It's, it's, it's still involved in the industry heavily, but it's at the, it's at the better end. Um, versus a socially responsible, you might say, well, Woodside won't make the cut, um, but I'll actually invest in some of the Aneste that, that is actually actively trying to, 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 um, to get to a, to a greener future to the ethical side, which is saying, no, no, I just want different. I don't want anything involved in that. that um, I'll just go straight to um, you know, solar power or, or different technologies. Mm, okay, sure thing. It's just interesting, just before we roll on to the next one, um, that I saw that Norway um, has just come out uh, reporting that they are, they're over 50% of all new cars are now electric vehicles in Norway. Yes. Um, and so they're, they're lauding themselves as, you know, obviously on the forefront of this electrical thing, but you might have something to add about where the bulk of uh, the government revenue comes from in Norway. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good example though. You know, so, the, so Norway's got some huge oil funds and they make a lot of money from it. Mm. So they're basically piping their, the proceeds of oil into into getting people into uh, electric cars, which... Yep. Um, yeah, that's a. It's a, people need to make their own assessments as whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, no, I just I saw that one. I thought that was interesting, given we we're talking about ethical things today. Um, mm. So we'll roll on to some uh, some further definitions. So we've got uh, an often termed, uh, I guess, um, uh, what would you say, uh, acronym ESG uh, for ethical investing, environmental, social, and governance. Yeah, just run, quickly run through those. So yes, yeah, so you've got three different ways that most people tend to look at. Uh, the, the stocks that they're going to decide what to invest in. So the environmental side is is coming back to yeah, literally the, the natural environment. What what they're doing to uh, what are the, what sector generally they're involved in, and and um, you know is it something where it's renewable or it's something where they're using up resources? Uh, and you might look at animal treatment and and, and other factors uh, along the along the same lines. Social gets more into how they're managing um, you know, relationships with employees, suppliers, uh, customers, communities uh, that it operates in. Uh, it's often a bit harder to measure the social side, uh, and you can get some um, you can get some significantly different answers depending upon who's actually compiled the, um, the, the the social measures that you're using. So there's a number of different vendors out there that sell uh, social that sell ESG data. Mm-hmm. And the social one is where I find you get the most divergence in that one company will, will, will have this company, will have a company that's that ranks quite well and another one will, will have, rank quite poorly. Mm. And uh, sometimes it's the weighting between uh, what they're doing. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, for example, a mining company with indigenous jobs mm. um, is, is usually thought of as, as a good thing. Yep. But um, they might be, they might have... Um, well, they're obviously yeah. They might have taken some land yeah, originally yeah. from from indigenous uh, tribes, or, or you know, against the, you know, won some court battles against indigenous tribes to, to to actually get the mining going in the first place. Mm. And so then it's a matter of one person might well say, well, you know, all the court cases were 
outweigh the benefit of, of, of hiring a few people back at the end of it and other people will say, oh, no, the jobs are better for her. And so, um, yeah, the, it, it does get a little bit woolly within that um, that whole social side. And just on that as well, I guess another example might be something like Facebook where um, on one side you've got um, the, the fact that it's very connective and it's got the ability to join people all around the world and do all these wonderful things. Mm. And then, of course, you've got the other side, which is just pure data security and fake uh, news. It, yeah, and all those sort of things as well. So depending on the attitude of the assessor <laughs> absolutely <laughs> score high. Yep, okay, yeah, sure. you find that's a, that's the hardest one to, to to judge uh and then finally the governance side uh and that that tends to be a bit more um uh a little bit more mechanical but it but it is that coming back to you know do you have a diverse leadership um do, are there other controls uh executive pay uh what are shareholder rights uh and so you can often get, and again, um, you know, within this part, you can get some very diverse outcomes where uh, you get companies like uh, Google, for example, that have a, a number of quite quite good governance um, mechanisms and setups. So let's say their board is very broad and very diverse, mm-hmm. and, and uh, doesn't have um, and and a lot of independent directors, and so they tick all those boxes. On the flip side, they have a voting, non-voting shareholder structure that's sort of designed to, to try and put more power back into some of the uh, original owners. Right. Yep. And so uh, which one's more important? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I don't think anyone's, you know, everyone's, everyone's got their argument and, and you can always come up with, with cases on either case where you went, well, here was a place with an... Um, a, a uh, an independent board that that did a terrible job, and here's a place with a with a with a, uh, a independent job. Yeah, yeah that they did a they did a great job, and so you can always come up with with counter examples to all of these. Uh, it's just a question of trying to weigh up, and and but I think within governance, we find certainly that um, if you if you have your measures of what what is good governance, and you uh, you you don't buy companies, or or you at least put a much higher hurdle on buying companies that don't conform to those. Um, you, you avoid a lot of the real blow ups and a lot of the real concerns where um, you know it's insiders and and um, you know, related party deals and mm. and um, you know there's a uh, it's uh, yeah you can see that the worst you, you can avoid the worst ones. You you'll miss a few good really good ones as well because it just happened to be the the corporate governance structure was wasn't very good and yep. but they had a fantastic product and a fantastic strategy and and the whole you, you sort of that, so, that overweight outweighed it. But yeah. um, governance generally helps you to avoid blow ups. So so essentially, well, I guess. Um, as, as a summary, so from a governance point of view, the more you know about the governance, perhaps the better because it's more transparent, even if you know, there might be some signs in there that you could you know, sit on the fence on as to whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing. The fact that you even know that it's happening yeah. is probably better than something where you're just like, well, you know, the governance part is completely opaque. and a black box. Yeah, yep, okay. Yeah. No problems. All right, so we'll roll into um, where to draw the line. Um, and I guess... Uh, some key issues. So why why do we need to talk about ethical investment over just regular old invest me anywhere investment? So yeah. what are some key so, areas there? So, so the biggest issue for everyone uh, is how much is this going to cost me? Because mm. at least when I you know when you go to the um, when you go to the egg aisle at the supermarket, you can see uh, here's my free range eggs and uh, you know fed by hand and all that type of stuff like that. And yep. that's got to cost me X dollars. And then I've got my my let um, let them roam free in the barn versus uh, lock them up in a cage and mm. pull them out. And you can actually, you can see how much is it going to cost me to be yep. you know, very ethical, a little bit ethical, not very ethical. Yep, yep, sure. Uh, unfortunately, it's not as easy in the uh, investment performance side. And so I've got a few slides I want to run through to try and say, well, well, how much really should you expect it to cost you? 
Yep. Uh, the next part is then how are the stock's chosen, and we we ran into a little bit about that, but it does it, it does matter um, for so that you you know if you are anti carbon and you you've invested in an ethical fund and you find yourself owning all these uh, oil and gas stocks mm. uh, because they're gas stocks rather than oil, um, you know that that might not sit well with people. So you want to make sure that you you do know what that how how they're choosing it. Okay. And the last thing is fees because. Um, uh, there's a number of ethical funds within Australia that charge much higher fees than what you'd see elsewhere. And actually, a lot of them charge retail investors a lot higher fees than what they charge their wholesale investors, like right. dramatically higher fees. Mm. Um, for the same product, essentially. For the same product. Yeah. And um, it's uh, that doesn't that doesn't seem particularly ethical to me. Um, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of the time, there's not a lot of extra work that's, being, that's going into this. Yep. It's, it's more done as a, uh, people want, when when I find somebody who wants ethical investments, they'll they'll be prepared to pay for it. Yeah, sure. sort of the um, I think is is possibly the, what the marketing spin on on some of this is. So yeah, I just want to go into that side as well. Okay, looking forward to that. So we'll kick off with uh, the effects on performance. So reducing the opportunity set. You might just need to run through what what that means what to mean the layman. To yeah. So what I mean by this is is um, there's uh, my universe sixteen hundred stocks to invest in uh, around the world. If I've got to try and find the best. We've sort of run 60 to 80 stock portfolios, mm-hmm. and so we're going to find the best 60 to 80 stocks uh, that we think is going to outperform over over a period from that. From that, uh, If you then go and say, uh, I'm going to reduce that opportunity, you can invest in 1,600 stocks. You can only now invest in 800 stocks um, because I've knocked out anything that's not ethical. Um, now, that, that, that manager's got to go and try and beat me with one hand tied behind their back. Yep. So the idea is that in terms of performance, you are most likely going to have a negative performance because you have a reduced a reduced opportunity set. Mm. The the good news is um, it's probably not going to be much, and in time period and in some periods it'll be positive, and, and other times it'll be negative, um, assuming that you, you haven't knocked out you know, huge swathes. Yep. And so for me, it's about trying to say, well, uh, if I can look at that sixteen hundred and go, well, there's there's a hundred stocks that I really don't want to invest in for for ethical reasons. Uh, now. Uh, and, and Tim, you might have a different, you might have also have a hundred, but it's a different hundred. Mm-hmm. Well, rather than giving it to one ethical manager and knocking out all 200 to make sure you've suited both, uh, me and you, yep. you, you're better off finding products where, you know, you yeah. can just get your hundred stocks knocked out. I can get my hundred stocks knocked out. We're both happy and we're both got a, enough of a. So it's fit for know, purpose sort of in a sense. E- exactly. Yeah. Okay, we've sure. both got a best, best potential to outperform. But having said that, there are periods where, um, you know, where stock, these stocks have outperformed. I've got, a, I've got a slide up now. Um, basically showing uh, the the oil and gas sector over um, 2016, where we saw uh, the oil price dramatic fall in the oil price, mm-hmm. and uh, was terrible for oil and gas stocks. Yep. So ethical funds over that period generally outperformed non-ethical funds. Yep. Not because. Um, you know, they, 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 saw, they, they had saw a great a, insight into yeah, yeah. the oil market. <laughs> it was just they weren't allowed to buy oil stocks or, or you know, one's all, ethical stocks that didn't buy the oil, the oil sector. So they effectively just excluded themselves from a bad performing sector yeah. more than anything. And so at the time, there was lots of articles out there saying, you know, you can have it all. You can you look at these. Ethical funds are outperforming non-ethical funds and, you know, everyone should invest ethically. And and so uh, I think there's a that, that's a bad message for the for people who want to invest ethically to say, well, you, you're going to make more money and you're going to mm. um, and you're going to outperform, yep. and, yeah, and you're going to get to be ethical because because I, I don't think in the, in the long term you you will, but mm-hmm. I don't think the cost is going to be very much for, mm-hmm. depending upon how much you're knocking out, and and so um, you set one example of a uh, of a bad case. The other uh, another example is um, 
sort of 10 odd years up to about 2016 of for tobacco stocks mm. where tobacco stocks just had a roaring run over that period there's a lot of funds out there that are uh, that are ex tobacco mm. and so um they tended to underperform the market because uh, they're missing out on that sector. Missing, missed out on that sector that just had a fantastic run. Yep. And so it's not a again, you know, you can't say to these guys, oh, you know, you guys did a bad job because you knocked out that sector. You, you do need to say, well, if I don't feel strongly about tobacco, uh, if I just think that's somebody's choice and and people have the right to buy it, and if people have the right to buy it, then people must have the right to sell it as well and make a profit. Yep. You know, so um, so if that's your view. Then uh, you're losing out by you're choosing out a, if you've broad. Got a fund that's automatically knocking out the yep. tobacco stocks. On the flip side, if you're saying no, no, I lost my partner to cancer or whatever it is, you yep. know, and 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 you do feel that, that 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 they're ethically wrong, then you do want to knock out sort of just that part without losing some of the other parts. Fair enough. Yep. Okay. Sure thing. Um, we've got up here now. The next one: cor- corporate governance is the exception. Yeah. The exception. Yeah. So. So we run a number of different uh, quantitative screens that sort of look at thing, look at uh, performance from companies in the long term, and and the things we find work best over the long term is finding stocks that are, that are uh, value, which is basically they're, they're cheaper than than average. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends upon whether you're measuring it versus themselves, whether measuring versus your their sectors and versus the markets. So there's a whole bunch of different levers, but but generally speaking, if you can buy companies that are cheaper, you tend to do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can buy Good quality companies that tend they tend to do better, mm-hmm. and one of the fact and, and when I say good quality, I'm talking about companies that earn good margins, have stable earnings, uh, diversification, diversification, uh, not always diversification, but but uh, economic moats they talk about uh, okay. Warren Buffett in the Warren Buffett talk, yep, uh, earning good returns on on equity, so they're investing money wisely, uh, and corporate governance is one of these factors that feeds into quality, and there's a bit of a uh, it's a little bit chicken and egg sometimes, you know. Does the good corporate governance mean that they earn better margins, or do you find companies that are, you know, um, earning good margins attract good different margins, people, they, <laughs> the right people? They can they can afford to have better corporate governance or, or whatever it is. Yep. Um, but there's certainly a um, there's certainly effect in terms of performance where we look at the environmental and social side and say it's very hard to say. We, we think there is a, a slight negative performance you get from those two. Mm-hmm. If you chase good cor- good corporate governance, though, we don't think there's actually an, you're not giving up anything right. by chasing yeah. good corporate governance. So that's, okay. That's one of the factors we sort of put into our. Uh, investment methodology and 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 um, you know, truth be told, there are a lot of people, other people that do also. Um, you know, most, not most, but a, there are a lot of investors out there that, that incorporate corporate governance into their investment process because it is a a, a good um, indicator, a good of, yeah. yeah, and a good way of avoiding the really bad ones. Okay, yeah, sure thing. Um, oh, we've got a couple of examples up there. So we've listed uh, caveats being Facebook, uh, AMP, and and Commonwealth, and Commonwealth Bank. Do you want a little? So, what, why are they caveats? Oh, oh, oh they're just sort of. Uh, I guess we're just talking about some some blow ups uh, in over the over the recent year mm-hmm. or so, where um, you know stocks that have um, we're typically have, known for good corporate governments. Or well, no, I think there's uh, there's certainly. Um, yeah, you know, the AMP, for example, is 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 certainly not known for, for for good corporate governance at the moment. Not now, anyway. Not yeah. now, but but you know, for for a number of years, you you got mm. some, some good performance, and and CBA as well is is uh, did certainly came out um, of the Royal Commission um, with its reputation uh, down a few notches for yep. for each corporate governance. Um, but it's been one of the best performing stocks over yep. over the long time, and and Facebook is your other example where uh, similar, you know. Uh, got some issues with corporate governance and 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 uh, I guess uh, Zuckerberg's control and, and factors like that. Mm. But it's been one of the best performing stocks. Um, yep. And so, 
you do have uh, you do have caveats where you can get away with bad corporate governance for a long time, and then the question is, um, you know, if, if AMP, you know, obviously suffered eventually. Yep. And, and the question was that you know it, it it actually hit a stage where there were questions about whether should it should its license be. Yeah, should removed. It, yeah, keep its license or not. And yep. Facebook's facing similar questions about, um, you know, whether uh, it's, it's obviously been given a social license to operate, and uh, you know, there have been questions asked. I don't think they're serious at the moment, but mm-hmm. but there were questions asked about, you know, does it need more regulation and more control? And and so, uh, I guess what I'm saying with the corporate governance side is you can get some exceptions to it. But um, you got to watch out for the snapback on those ones as well, because you, know, you can get if, if you're getting away with something for for a long time, and then eventually it comes home to roost, and you, you yep you you suffer it all in one hit. Okay, yeah, fair point. Um, so uh, that rolling across to the performance. So what I guess yeah, we were talking before about obviously you know the, the one hand behind the back as an ethical manager, you've got mm-hmm. less stocks to choose from to try and match up with the guys that have got more opportunity or more more choice. Yeah. Um, so how much impact are we, to- are we typically talking about for, yeah. for these sort of ethical themes? Now, it's, it is very difficult to say, and there's a lot of assumptions that go into this because basically what you, your big assumptions are um, do active managers do anything, which is a – yeah. As an active manager, I like to uh, <laughs> defend an and one. say yes, yes, I think we do, and I think there's certainly risk mitigation and, and a whole other a whole bunch of other factors. Yep. But there, um, there's a, there's a some of the there's a number of studies that say in aggregate, you basically the aggregate uh, active managers make a certain amount of money, and they they generally outperform the market. Mm-hmm. But then they, um, if you're an investor in those aggregate, uh, quite often what happens is you uh, the fees are enough to bring you back to average market performance. Right. Okay. So. Yep. Yep. So the question is, if you think that um, active managers can do something, then by giving them a broader opportunity set, mm-hmm. um, you've you've now got a, a better chance of, of outperforming. That makes sense. If you make the assumption that active managers are, no, they're terrible, I should just always invest in an index fund, then uh, in theory, this isn't doing anything really to, to, to an active managed performance because it was, it was a random <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. random outcome anyway. Yep, yep. So, um, so, so that's one side of it. Uh, the other part is then saying how many stocks actually get knocked out and, and looking at those different factors. Look, for, for our, um, we think it's less than half percent for most people who are, for when we look back at our, our customer base and what they're knocking out. So when we say that, for, that's per screen or per broad no, no, screen no. or for, for overall? Broad, for overall, as, okay. a broad, as a broad screen, if you knocked out, um, we, we have about 20. If, mm-hmm. you know, most people would knock out five or six different sectors yep. um, or, or areas. And, and we think it would be less than half percent performance hit to most of those. Per year. Per year. Yep. And some years it's up, other years it's down. And it really does depend as well. Like we've included, the big one we've included there is the energy sector. Yep. Uh, Which has a huge impact as we saw. Yeah. yeah. And that's the main thing is, is saying how big is the sector. So um, if you cut pornography out, um, nobody makes money from pornography anymore, as we've said. <laughs> it's, all, it's all free. Sure. Uh, so... Um, there's uh, there's no actual companies that's that that's going to affect you know okay. uh, old growth forests you know within our universe there's there's no there's no big companies that are out there logging old growth forests at the moment yeah within our yeah within yeah. our universe so uh, it doesn't make a difference if you you, you tick the box type thing yep. from from a performance perspective at the moment yeah sure but but even if you did you know the stocks that are involved are so are so small as relative to the size of Microsofts and yep. and and Amazons and, and companies like that, it's not making a difference. Okay. Whereas when you when you pick the energy sector, okay, now you're taking a decent sized bet on is it too cheap or is it too expensive? Yep. And the argument would be sometimes, um, yeah, the tobacco sector was a good example. It was a lot bigger, but there was a, there was a lot of pushback against tobacco and um, and 
a lot of com- a lot of funds went ex tobacco, mm. which then arguably made the sector cheap enough that the performance over that ten year period that we pulled up before was was partly because a lot of people are sold out for for ethical reasons. Now gives you a better performance going forward. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, yeah, fair point. So there are there are some issues around those, but but. I would, yeah, my estimate for most people is going to be less than half percent, mm-hmm. but it really does depend upon, um, if, if you, if you pick a whole bunch of big sectors, then, um, then it could be, could be anywhere. Sort of quite marginal. Okay. Difference. Yeah, sure. Okay. Very good. So, um, from, uh, from that, uh, note to, I guess, the more mechanical sort of side of how ethical investing is actually done in a portfolio. So we've got a range of uh, mm. options here, positive screening, negative screening, and best of breed. We might just want to quickly run through those three. Yeah. So, so three ways that, and, and most funds sort of pick one of these. Uh, so the positive screening is where you say, I'm going to look, go out there and look for companies that are going to save the world for us. So I'm going to invest in solar manufacturers and wind power and, and, and other sort of companies along those same lines. Uh, the negative screening is ones where you're saying, okay, well, I, I don't want to do, do no harm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to invest in, in things where I don't ethically agree. And so I'll knock out, um, you know, my carbon or, or whatever it is, but Would I'll, you? I'll still own every other, I'll still own it, Happy other stocks in the, in the universe. Yep. Which and, is what we use. Oh, yeah. which yeah. is what we use, yeah. yeah. And the final one is the best of breed where you start saying the, the Woodside example I used before where you say, okay, well, let me look at the whole oil and gas sector. I'm not going to buy the tar sands uh, and um, I'll, I'll limit myself how much oil I get, mm-hmm. but I will go out and buy gas stocks because okay. they're, they're the, the, the other, the, the sort of better end of it. So the question for me is, um, the first question before you decide which of these suits you the best is, is work out um, why are you interested in ethical investing in, in the first place? Because you want to, I'm assuming it's because you want your money to do something good for the, for the world. Hmm. Uh, the positive, and that's where the positive side of it really um, doesn't gel right with me. If I go and find a solar manufacturer and I go and give them lots of money, um, sorry, and I go, I go and buy their stock. Mm-hmm. Um, bid it up effectively. Bid so, it up. Yeah. I've just given money to another investor. Mm. Like I might feel good about saying, oh, you know, I'm helping these guys out. But but really all I've done is taken my money and given it to another investor at a, at a higher price than what, what the stock would have otherwise traded at. Mm. The company itself is still operating along. They're, they're not, you know, they, they don't care whether it's me or whether it's you that's, that owns the stock. The shareholder. Yep. Yeah. If the share price is a little bit higher, they're probably slightly happy. But, you know, the, the net effect of, of me doing that. So um, and the question then comes back to saying, well, if I look at those and I, I say, here's a solar manufacturer where, um, you know, the Chinese governments, um, they've got a competitor in, in these Chinese solar companies where the Chinese government's subsidizing and throwing all this money at and trying to turn themselves into solar superpower. Should I still go and invest in this, this solar company mm. knowing that, yes, it's probably going to help the world a little bit, but I might lose money. I'm probably going to lose money on it or, you know, or I'm going to get a, a subpar return on it. Mm. Should you still go and invest in that stock? Mm. And probably so. Not. Probably not, no. <laughs> and and so the question for those is saying, well, if, you, if you've got your money and you're trying to make the world a better place mm. with it, um, go through your list of, of what's going to help. The best thing you can do is make a donation for most of these. So I, I want my money to do it. I'll take a tax deduction up front. I, yep. don't, I don't invest in that solar company and lose money on it and get a tax deduction in five years' time. I'll actually you know, give the money to a, to a, a climate change fund or, or something that's actually going to go out and try and help the, yep. the situation. So... Make a donation is your first one. Second bit is buy the product yourself. Um, if you've got a company that's that's choosing between taking ten thousand dollars of your 
as buying shares or ten thousand dollars to buy some solar panels on top of the top of your roof. Yep. Um, most companies should want you to be a customer rather than a. And the ones that don't, the ones that are looking for investors rather than customers, you don't want to be investing in those companies. <laughs> so, so yeah, but, you know, buy the product yourself. Yep. Uh, the third step is actually. Uh, take place in the capital raising. So the company is raising money to open new factories or new do something and they're, they're, they're trying to bring money in. So you're actually buying the shares from the company. Yep. Your money is going into the company. The company is then using that to go and um, invest uh, invest and, in something. Yep, yep. So Further the cause. Further the cause. So now you're helping. Yeah, yeah, sure. But if you go out and buy from another investor on the market, uh, for me, that's that's doing not very much. little. That's a, yeah. the... the the, the social equivalent of, of clicking your like button on your Facebook page, but uh, but not go th- bothering to go to the protest. You know, it's it's a it's it's a bit of an empty gesture. And so, I guess what I'm trying to do is say to people, well, uh, if you if you're gonna if you're if you'd like to be involved in ethical investing, mm. uh, the negative side is I think is important. Yep. Uh, which I'll get to shortly. Which is don't buy stocks that are doing stuff that uh, you, you, don't you, want. you don't agree with. Yeah. And sure. you, you know you wouldn't you wouldn't decide to to make money from. You know, clubbing uh, baby seals, so which is very might be a very profitable business, and you know, yep. and all that sort of stuff. But you don't want to make money from it, so don't. Just you know, step out of you it. Don't, don't, don't you don't want to make it. money from from gambling companes, um, exploiting people, or if, or or tobacco, whatever you, whatever your personal peeves are. That's you know, that's you you, you extract from those. But chasing companies um, for for positive ethical reasons, mm. um, I don't think is particularly helping. Get out and make, and, and I should say, you know, making a donation isn't tax deductible generally to a company. Mm. Um, but there's, if, if you're looking for an ethical cause, th- there's there it's are bound to be one. There are ones, there's <laughs> other places to, you know, there's, there's definitely bodies out there or research companies or whatever it is that where you can, um, where, where, you can, where you can help out with your money. Yeah, sure. Okay, very good. Um, so we'll jump across now to um, to fees. So we touched on fees before. So uh, typically, uh, you expect to pay more for the uh, for the, the ethical options involved in a fund. How much more? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we don't charge anything extra. Um, there's it's not partic- particularly expensive nowadays to to buy ethical screens from. Um, a range of different sources, mm. and to uh, you know, if you've got analysts looking at stocks, and they you know they need to have a look at an ethical side as well, you, you're you're probably already looking at the governance side. Mm. Uh, a lot of the ethical and social side is is either done by you can sort of get uh, feeds, and, and and certainly large companies give quite very good disclosures about what they're doing. Mm. Um, I, I can't see a, a reason why you should be spending more money to invest in a, in a company that's buying fewer stocks. <laughs> yep. And yep. so uh, the research effort involved should be similar to, to, to other ones. Um, and so I would say, um, yeah, have a good look at the fees because there are certainly a number of ethical companies out there out that are charging fees that I don't think are ethical to, mm. to judge. Okay. Yeah, sure. Investors. All right. Fantastic. Um, we'll, we'll dive into uh, the practicalities as well. So we've got some broad ethical thematic options for those that are thinking about, um, you know, trying to assess the options essentially for what's available to your, to your everyday investor. Um, so we, we sort of start off with managed funds. And I think from memory, yeah, so it's, it, we've got a price scale. So essentially you often find the managed funds are at the more expensive end, um, unitized structure, um, reasonably opaque, but they will, you know, follow a preset uh set of rules essentially that you can find on the you know literally on the packet um you then roll into uh listed investment companies which have sort of surged in popularity in the last sort of few years for a number of reasons not not always ethically uh charged those ones but at the same time there are a number of uh, eth- ethical listed investment companies out there yep um the, the thing i'd say to note with the listed investment companies is that quite often uh the broker 
one of the one of the reasons why listed investment companies have gone so well recently is because um, brokers and financial planners can can charge a fee to to when mm. they're when they're raising money to to put you into it, um, and they've, they've been banned from doing that on all these other products. That's so basically, right. um, it's a bit know, of a loophole. In, yeah. Uh, the rules. You, you give somebody a hundred thousand dollars to to buy an enlisted investment company. Uh, quite possibly, you know, one or two thousand dollars of that ends up in the pocket of the person who just told you to, to facilitate this that. product. That's right. Whereas if you buy a managed fund from them, they're banned from doing that. They're not allowed. They're they're not allowed to to take part of your your money. Yep. In listed investment companies, they are, and so that's why um, if you hear somebody selling it to you quite hard as to why you need some. Um, Quite possibly, that's why they're, uh, yeah. they're they're very interested in your review their e- review their ethical bent um, exactly. And then, and then finally, uh, finishing up at the uh, generally the cheaper end of the, um, the thematic options are exchange traded funds. Um, uh, host of them coming out. There've, there've been you know, quite a few that have been listed out there for a while. Uh, look, a question to those is um, they are typically, and we'll jump into an example in the next slide. Uh, quite broad because they are in a sense they're kind of mass market in a way. They go, mm-hmm. okay, well, if you want ethical, we're ethical, and then you say, <laughs> here's all the things that we. We can do and i think we sort of start running into some of the issues we spoke about in the past where um yeah. you do sort of you know potentially miss out on, on areas you're ambivalent about yeah and so keep in mind these are the these are the listed or oh, sorry these are the the product type versions mm. and then you get the ones that are a bit more of a service um which is more similar to what we're doing or or uh or people running sort of managed discretionary accounts where they do it as a it's a, it's a mix of um, letting you customise and letting you actually tailor things rather than these are sort of off-the-shelf products. That's right. Like. Yeah, spot on. Um, I'll just uh, just to follow on from that ETF sort of theme there, we've got um, uh, a rather big one there, the BetaShares Global Sustainability, Sustainability Leaders ETF. Um, and as you can see... Um, Big, big general sectors are sort of excluded there. So fossil fuels, tobacco, nuclear energy, et cetera, animal cruelty. So, um, as I said, it was, it's one of those things when you're creating a product, you try and get 95% of the tastes of what you think an ethical investor needs. And, mm. but then of course you, uh, you know, potentially if you're going in for one or two of these things, you're unfortunately wearing the, you know, the performance headwind of, of all the other ones uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly there's a lot, there's a lot of products in there. You know, we've discussed a few times that saying, you know, alcohol. If, you, if you're happy to drink it and mm. you're happy for people to sell it and make a profit from it, then should you say, well, no, I won't, yeah, won't yep. invest in any company that does it. So, Yep, absolutely. Um, touching on before, with Damien mentioned, so the tailored, so more the, not so much the off-the-shelf, but now talking about um, the tailored sort of thematic options. So uh, an easy one is, is going to see, and there's a number of guys out in the, in the market that do um, the face-to-face, individual, tailored, fully, you know, fully-fledged, Super specific, bespoke, um, but also obviously coming at a cost of, of that sort of manual intervention through mm. to constructing the portfolios. As you mentioned, they quite often use uh, managed discretionary accounts, which is a platform sort of style um, aggregation of, of portfolios or of shares. Um, so it's easy to, to manage and see. Uh, and then the flip side being then um, a, a style of account that we use called separately managed accounts, which uh, gives uh, the still gives you the individual share ownership and the quarantine of, of uh, franking credits and uh distributions and those sort of things as if you'd own the portfolio yourself um, but also brings with it much cheaper broking brokerage costs because the uh, the account provider can aggregate those those mm. trades and within those separately managed accounts as well you can see exactly what you own um, you know there's a court case uh, I think last year where somebody I think it was Australian super user was trying to sue the to try and find out whether he owned fossil fuels or something within his portfolio. Oh, yeah. There was no, a Post Plus, I think. Post Plus. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, we won't name too many names. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We won't name anyone. It was a major else. super fund. It was a major memory. super fund yeah. where, and, and, and it's that part about the transparency is very difficult. Like if you say to the, you know, if you say, well, I've given you 
whatever, $100,000 of my hard-earned super money. Mm. Um, can you tell me if I've invested in any, any anything that's in the carbon industry? Yep. Quite often they, they can say, yes, we can, but we can't give you specifics because we don't, we don't know. <laughs> mm. Oh, look, absolutely. And look, my time in the, in the large funds, um, there was always a call for you know people to for two things. I guess one was to invest ethically, and there's more often than not you'll find there's a sustainable option in most super funds. Mm. Um, but that's sort of funny in a way because it's saying, well, you're either not ethical or you are ethical. And then when you are ethical, that's it. You just you just knock out everything. You know, you <laughs> your warts and all ethical, yeah. or your um, you know the opposite of ethical is it? I guess it might be evil. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, so look, speaking of which, so flipping it on its head a little bit and. Certainly the, the uh, large funds and the example I just gave is you know, more of a top-down approach. Okay, let's just wipe out everything and, mm-hmm. and uh, create something that's sort of fe- fairly easy to understand and, and go from there. We approach it slightly differently, Damien, with, with the way that we have our ethical screens. Yeah, so as we discussed, you know, for me, it's all about tailoring, getting back to, to knocking out just the things you're interested in and, and acknowledging that even within some of them, there's a, there's a, there's a spectrum. So, for example, within war... Um, there's there's quite the quite common ones we knock out are cluster munitions and and landmines. Yep. Um, they're sort of against the UN convention, but the US isn't a signatory to that, and so uh, there's still companies in the US, uh, large companies in the US that, that produce them. Uh, so that's one way people say, well, no, I don't want those. Uh, and then there's sort of a general, more general war where you say, well, is are they involved in any um, military? Um, Intervention or development, or yeah, sure. And so you might find something like a Boeing, for example, is, is a good example of a company that supplies planes to the U.S. military, and so, but they're also obviously a huge civilian fleet as well. Mm. And, and so, so, being able to give people that that option to say, well, uh, it's not a black or white. I, I want to be able to say, well, yeah, let me get the, rid of the worst of them, but I won't sort of won't cut everything out. Yeah, sure. And so we've we've largely just used the um, the high impact versus broad style. Yes, is, is a, to, to denote those ones. Yeah, and we've also had you know we've had requests from people to add new th- new things, so we're more than happy to to add new ones as long as there's reliable sources of of where we can get the information to. Yep. To, uh, and that actually that just leads me on to a question. So with with the bulk of these, because obviously as we mentioned before, there's there is a um, you know the, the, there is a cost essentially to to research and all these sort of things. So mm-hmm. do you mind just just quickly running through how um, some of the you know these. Um, uh, impacts, I guess, are, are figured out. So for, for us, we knock out individual stocks. Is there, um, you don't have to go through all of them, but maybe just hit, hit off on a couple of them to show what we use. Yeah. So, so we assess each company as, as we're putting it into the portfolio. We assess it against each one of these factors to, to work out, you know, which, which one is it involved in? For, yep. Partly for investment reasons as well, because there are, you know, there are factors that will, uh, that will be affected by regulation and, and other, um, and other sort of investment driven, uh, events. The something like uh, the animal testing, we use Peter as a as a as a good source for it. Yep. Uh, there's uh, within the war ones, we tend to have to dig into what um, you're looking at, at at what contracts they have. Look, you know, companies that are in those top sectors, we look at the contracts they have and, and customers. Okay. Uh, within um, the there's there's some of them are quite sector based, so uh, companies sit within. Certain investment sectors, so you might have alcohol and or tobacco as a uh, the sectors we are quite easily pretty easily see to cut out. Yep, yeah. sure. Uh, but there are other there are other ones where because we do quite detailed research on the stocks we buy. So, for example, Woolworths um, it doesn't sit in the the gaming sector, mm-hmm. but uh, as you know, as the analysts are going through and modeling each of the companies and working out where it's getting its revenues from and future future growth, yep, is that that's sort of one of those one of those boxes we tick. Okay, sure. A couple of quick questions, actually, just before we run into the summary. Um, 
So what are the potential risks of investing in highly promoted ethical companies such as Tesla uh, who don't have uh, proven product capacity to complete the orders they have taken? So um, should, should we be buying EVs even if they um, they may not actually make any money on them? Yeah, well, that's, that, that is the classic ethical question. And that's, and, that's why, and that's why I say that, you know, I think there's a negative screen in there saying I don't want to, um, yeah, I don't want to buy companies that uh, have these characteristics. With a Tesla, it's about saying, uh, does this company stack up from an investment point of view? Uh, and then should I buy it or sell it? Mm. Uh, me going out and buying the Tesla stock from another investor makes stuff all difference to, to Tesla's success or failure. Sure. If I give Tesla money in a capital raising, it helps a little bit. Yep. If I buy a car from Tesla, it helps them even more. Yep, sure. So, if you get it. If, <laughs> if it's built. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so if you want to support Tesla, buying its share, Tesla shares from another investor is, in my mind, the worst possible way to help support that if that's a company you feel strongly about. Mm-hmm. And as you said, the investment um, side of it uh, may not stack up and certainly for me it doesn't stack up at these prices sure but um or it's or it's certainly already priced for success that it hasn't achieved yet yeah, so, yeah okay all right very good good answer uh so thanks homer's odyssey uh and then one from james so we've got on the topic of low fee etfs what's your thoughts on the zero fee i think it's macquarie uh true index options um I've done a little bit of reading in this one. It sort of seems like a bit of a race to the bottom. Um, but so these are, they've, they've rolled out a couple of, um, I think Macquarie's, been, and they've just done them in the States as well, where they've effectively got a zero basis point exchange traded fund, broad index. I don't think they're ethical, but, um, no. it's, yeah, to, but, for and, mine, it appears to be a bit of a race make, to the bottom. And I think, and Vanguard, oh, Vanguard? no, so, so, it wasn't Vanguard. One, one of the other big, um, Index providers has has some as well. No, I hadn't I, I hadn't seen any ETF ones. Look, so they're making money on those ones from usually from lending the stock out. Uh, I'm, I'm right. not actually sure in this case, but I don't know the ones I'd looked at. Um, so they're basically saying we'll we'll do it for free because uh, we'll make money on the tr- on shorters uh, basically or lending the money to lending the stock to to shorters. Yep. Or or on you know a little bit on the trading side, and that's enough. If the fund's big enough, they make enough to. Um, to keep the to, lights on. To keep the lights on. <laughs> uh, so for those ones, I mean, no, you know, nothing's free. So there, are, there's generally, you know, there are generally costs embedded or, or reasons for people wanting to do these. Mm. And sometimes it's just getting access to the flow and being able to do the other side of the transaction. But for an investor, um, so so I guess the answer is yes. Uh, I've got no problems with with zero fee funds. That sounds sounds good to me. Yep. Uh, the question always comes back to just working out where are the hidden costs because none of these guys are doing it for free. Yep. Uh, and or not generally doing it free, and and so you need to work out, you know, where are you are the other hidden costs. Um, acceptable to, mm. to you as an investor. So it's like it's the old Facebook model. If it's free, it probably isn't sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, the money. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's and there was a you know Macquarie was very big in the whole um, uh, no free. They had a bunch of structured products out there where you know uh, ten years ago where it was all sold as free free products free free. And and what it was was they were mispricing options. So basically selling you a, some call options plus some bonds you know bundled together to give you a sort of a similar exposure to. To the markets, right, and they, they'd market it as free, but they just basically price their options at a yeah, okay. They basically sell you expensive options, and but but you got the whole product for free because they didn't have any explicit fees. They yeah, just, they right. just overcharged you on one part. So yeah, without looking in detail at those ones, they might be fine, but um, yeah, it's worth making sure that they're not you're not being overcharged, say on the trading or on the other factors of it. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. Um, all right. No worries. So we'll jump across now to um, just the the broader points. So looking at, I guess, uh, overall, uh, what are some key takeaways from today's uh, quick chat? Yep. So just uh, making sure that your 
ethics are reflected in, in your management of your money. So, you know, I think most people have uh, jobs that they wouldn't do at any any price mm-hmm. and uh, regardless of whether those jobs are legal or not. Uh, and so I think there's there's a, there's a good argument for why that should expand, extend to your investments uh, and then working out the whole, um, that, that fee side as well is just the, the key one for me is coming back to those fees and just looking at the fees because there are a few people and it's, uh, yeah, it's quite irking from... from like to see companies out there that are that are calling themselves ethical and charging customers fees, hundred percent more than they unethical. would other people for the same product. Exactly. Very good. Well, uh, finish up on that one there. Thanks, Damien, and we'll roll into uh, what's coming up next week. So, uh, obviously, we've had a uh, another uh, rate cut from the RBA. So we thought we'd dive into uh, looking at uh, rates or you know lending rates towards zero. Uh, RBA perhaps to zero if if they can ever get there, and then beyond, and then of course the uh, the impacts that that will have on portfolios both in the short and medium term so really looking forward to next week on the 11th of july same bad time same bad channel head over to the nucleus wealth live webinar page uh, to listen in and also have your questions answered as we've done today and we'll look forward to seeing you there well that's it for now and thanks for watching if you like what you heard today and you'd like to hear more head over to nucleuswealth.com forward slash subscribe Give us your email address and in return we'll send you a weekly email with new webinar topics, links for our podcasts and other news from Nucleus Wealth. I certainly hope you've got something out of today as I have and we'll look forward to catching you with the next one. Cheers.